With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mornings on SEN. Welcome back to the show. Scott Penelbury handing over the Collingwood captaincy. He's been in the job since 2014. The man he took the captaincy or took over the captaincy from is their 2010 Premiership captain in Nick Maxwell has been good enough to join us this morning. Morning, Nick. How are you, Jules? I'm well. Uh, before we get stuck into uh, Scotty Penelbury, now that he's not the captain, is one of his new roles uh, to host and organise the Premiership reunions from now on? Absolutely, it should be. Yeah, it was... Uh... Unfortunately for me, uh, everyone else enjoyed the 2010 reunion uh, drinks and food on me, and I didn't get a chance to have one drink or one bite of food. So, uh, freak accident, mate. But now I should hand it over the reins to him. I reckon you're right. So, just take us through what happened. It was in the, it was a little snippet in the Herald Sun on the weekend. But what did you do to your hand? I was uh, prepping the wine bottles. Um, so before any of the boys got there, just sort of cutting off some uh, the wax off the top of them before we uh, uncorked them. Uh, and we had one that was a little bit sticky, and the knife just slipped and uh, sort of went into my hand. So, had a uh, one of the girls gave me a quick uh, ride to emergency, and um, yeah, fortunately enough, uh, I was I was lucky. I hadn't eaten that morning, so I got into um, surgery pretty quickly and spent the next sort of yeah eight or ten hours going through that process. And uh, yeah, the boys were here at our, our new um, event space at Eclair, having the time of their lives. What was the damage in the end? Uh, I just uh, um, just some plastic surgery and uh, clean up of some muscles and stuff inside the hand, mate. So um, stuck in a little cast for about a month, which is uh, annoying. But look, I don't want to blame it myself. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Scotty Penelbury, <laughs> I mean, you, you saw him develop as a young player and then through the premiership year and then eventually becoming captain. If you had to pinpoint it, what, what's made him such a good captain? Uh, I think his ability to grow into the role. Uh, I think early on, um, probably the number one thing you really want from your leaders is for them to be able to perform at their optimum really consistently at a high level. So whatever their level is, and obviously his level was very different to my level in terms of on-field performance. He was someone who um, who got a lot of the footy, set up the play, and was obviously a, an absolute star of the game. But to be, I think he's 14 or 15 times he's been the top three in the best and fairest. Um, that consistent performance over a high level is the number one priority you want from, from any leader. Uh, and then beyond that, his ability to grow into the role. I think uh, early on it was about um, leading by example and about that performance, and he probably uh, rested on that a bit early on, in the early days, but then he started to actually take on the ability to have tougher conversations, to be able to challenge his teammates um, and be able to support them as well, which is sort of um, something that just continued to grow um, every year from uh, in the nine years he was captain. Is that so, I mean, he was such a, he's always been such a true professional. I guess there was a little bit of Nathan Buckley about him in that sort of way. Is that something he, he had to learn, that footy clubs are made up of all different people? Some are obsessed with footy, some aren't, some come at it from a different way. Is that something he, he needed to learn as captain to embrace how everyone goes about it differently? Oh, not in particular. I think that, I mean, he played along Swanee and those type of guys who, who, who were very different in the way they went about it. 
um, but obviously performed at a really high level. So I think that um, he, he knew that early on, um, but it was probably just being able to take himself away from his own um, performance and what was good for him to be able to spend more time looking after other guys and bring them through and pointing things out and um, take him under their wing. And that was sort of something uh, early on that he, he realised he could have a real impact on the younger players when they first came in the club by taking them under the wing and showing them how to train and doing weights with them and those type of things. So um, I think with any leader, everyone's on a different journey and you, there's different steps along the way. That was sort of some of his early steps. And, and as I said, you, you grow into that role. There's a lot of other things outside of that where um, he probably doesn't love going to a commercial function and having to talk in front of 50 people. But um, obviously from nine years ago to today, uh, there's been a huge improvement in the way that he's been able to do that as well. So there's a lot of levels to it and a lot of layers. But um, yeah, he's been someone who's just been the ultimate professional and, and certainly one of Collingwood's greatest players and obviously one of the greatest captains. It's been the 2010 Collingwood Premiership captain, Nick Maxwell. I guess you're in a, you're in a pretty good position to assess you know, the candidates and, and who's the most likely given you... you not long ago, worked at Collingwood. You've done a lot in in leadership. It, it appears from the outside uh, they're a little bit sport for choice. Yeah, there's a few of them that would be uh, that easily could do the job. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Over, I think the timing of this is really good because you you've got a whole preseason to have a real look at it. And um, there's a few guys there. Obviously, Jeremy Howe and Taylor Adams, who are the the more experienced guys. Um, Darcy Moore over the last uh, probably 18 months has really stepped up in um, his desire to take on leadership roles. Um, so I think they're probably the three for mine that are sort of front um, front of mine when I look at it. So, yeah, they'd be the guys for me. For, just from the Collingwood supporters' point of view, one that it does come through pretty strongly and, and, and they love the way he plays, obviously, but they think he's a real leader as well. Is someone like Braden Maynard, has he got the capabilities to be a captain? Absolutely does, yeah. He's, he's a real leader the way he goes about it and, uh, and his toughness and he makes those around him stand taller. So... Again, there's so many different types. There's those who are like that, who are um, more about that performance and, and take my teammates with me. Um, but then there's obviously another, a lot of other layers that the club have to consider, like being able to go to a corporate function and speak to, to hundreds of people and being able to be in the media regularly, so um, look after the sponsors. So there's a lot of layers to it. And it's also not just about the person has a C next to their name. Uh, you need the right people around them. And I think that whoever is... Um, honoured with, with getting the captaincy at Collingwood, they're going to have some really strong people around them that can help support them because no one's the, no one's the perfect uh, captain. No one's got uh, every box ticked. So I think that those guys around them will be able to support whoever that person ends up being. You mentioned Darcy Moore there. From, from the outside and when we hear him speak, we, we sort of look at Darcy as the sort of guy that he does come at things a little bit differently. He probably looks at footy a bit differently to a lot of other footballers do. How different a captain would Darcy be if, if he's the man that gets the job? Yeah, it's hard to know because I think, um, as you say, he does. He sees things a little differently to others. But at the same time, as I said, there's no um, perfect uh, way of doing it. You can't look at it and go, every box has to be ticked on an individual. And, and also, you don't know until they're actually in the seat. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of doubts when, when I took over. And a lot of people were like, well, what are they doing? And me included. <laughs> um, but, but you sort of, uh, I had the ability to grow into the role and, and um, I was lucky that some people saw enough in me and, and trusted me enough to be able to take on that role and to take on that growth. Um, but as you say, there's, there's others who um, might be more of the finished product. So there's a few decisions to make, obviously, there. But it, it, there's certainly going to be uh, a good circle of um, people around them, whoever it is. What would your first piece of advice be to whoever gets the captaincy? I mean, it's a, it's a big job. There's a lot of extra things to take on, as you mentioned before. What would your first piece of advice be? 
uh, be yourself and don't try and do it all. I think uh, early on in my career, um, I, I was sort of, because I had doubts on myself and, and my own ability and wanting to be um, the best footballer I could be at the same time as trying to lead, um, there was sort of, how do I do this? Um, and, and Mick said to me early on, just just be yourself. We didn't pick you for who we want you to be. We picked you for who you are. So I think that was important. Um, and the second part was around not, not trying to do it all, being able to lean on uh, the rest of the leadership group and the other guys around you with experience. And um, that's what Scott always wanted to do. I think I, I was keen to make sure that whenever my time came, that there was an opportunity to hand over to him and he was the obvious candidate for, for many years. Um, to be able to be there as a support for them. Um, and I think that Scotty will be that for whoever it is this year and, and beyond if he continues to want to play on because his, uh, his level doesn't seem to be deteriorating. Just for I was going to ask you that. I mean, you've seen him up close as recently as this year, you know, second in the best and fairest. Just as you say, his level doesn't seem to drop. He's played 358 games. I mean, how many years do you think Scott could play for? Good question. Uh, I mean, the thing is, he's just so smart the way he goes about it, and he hasn't relied on um, like real high end speed or anything like that. He just sort of finds space um, because he's so smart the way that he uses angles and uses his body. So, um, it, because he's not leaning on any of those things, and he doesn't touch uh, touch wood, seem to have had those injuries that tend to slow people down in their careers. Um, so. I think his ability to be able to play multiple positions is obviously something that's really important as well, especially with um, as, as much as Collingwood uh, had some huge growth uh, this year, there's obviously more growth to come. There's a lot of young players that um, have, have a lot of work to do in terms of how much improvement they've got in front of them, which is really exciting for Collingwood fans. Um, but at the same time, there's uh, some top-end talent that have, that's come in and some more senior guys. So I think his ability to play multiple roles and to be able to guide those players on field is going to be really important as well. Any calls from Joel Selwood about what to expect at the Storm? Uh, we did have a conversation um, yeah, about a month ago before uh, before he accepted it, and that was more just sort of a, a pick my brain as to my experiences with the Storm. And, um, yeah, as I said to him, um, working in such an organisation like the Melbourne Storm, um, whatever... Like they're, they're employing you, but whatever um, you give them, you get back tenfold from the storm. So um, like, there's just no better people and, and no better club around. So I um, absolutely love my time there. And, and he's going to be a huge asset for them, um, as they will be for him. Just before I let you go, I've had to put you on the spot. Round one next year, who's leading Collingwood out as the skipper? Oh, good call. Um, I'll sit on the fence and leave it at those three that I gave early on, mate. <laughs> There's smarter people than me there now who are, who are going to watch them up close. So, yeah, obviously Adams and Howe and, and Moore are probably the three front runners there. And, um, again, I don't know uh, a lot of the other guys that have come in who are senior players, but, um, yeah, I know that those three guys are, are certainly held in high esteem. Uh, the wine bottle got you, but I couldn't get you. Uh, Nick, uh, as always, very generous with your time. Uh, thanks for jumping on the line. All good, mate. Have a good one.